everyone, and welcome to the Reformed Dissenters, the show where reformed, reformed Christians dissent against popular ideas of culture by asserting a biblical worldview. Thank you so much for listening to us today, if you're a podcast listener, or watching us today if you're on Rumble, Odyssey, Gab TV, or YouTube. Yes, we are on a lot of platforms. If you would like to find those platforms more easily and escape censorship, which, you know, we really do, especially since we've already been censored on YouTube, they deleted an entire episode of ours. Follow us uh, on all sorts of places. Go to trdshow.net. That's our show website. We got a list of links to all of the many pro First Amendment platforms that we are on. Send us an email at trdshow at protonmail.com. We really want to hear from you. My name is Bruce Johnson. I am here in the state of South Dakota. I'm also joined today by my, by my brother, Jacob Johnson. Hello. And he is in Pennsylvania for now. <laughs> for right now. Temporary Sadly. arrangement. Unfortunate. But yeah. yes, that is yeah. our current situation. Um, <laughs> so the theme this month, our, our theme, is biblical principles for restraining civil government. And we've been talking about this, what, three weeks now? Is this our third episode? Um, yeah. yeah. With this theme, it's kind of crazy. Time flies. Um, but to match that theme, we have a brand new piece of literature we've been reading this month as well. It's our third episode with this book and our book this week, I'm sorry, this month, I keep saying that. Our book this month is The Doctrine of the Lesser Magistrates by Matthew Chuella. And this week we read chapters seven, eight, and nine. So we have a ton of stuff to talk about in those chapters. They're just jam-packed with historical, biblical examples. We're going to go through like a large portion of the book of Jeremiah that Matthew Truella goes through. We're going to talk about Martin Luther and how he, uh, how what happened to him applies directly to this. And we're going to be talking about, um, you know, small little guy in history called, oh, I don't know, John Knox and <laughs> how he relates a, a great reformer who uh, actually spoke about the doctrine of the lesser magistrates as well. So lots and lots to talk about. We're very excited. Before we get to all that, though, we have to talk about the verse of the week, and I'm going to pass it on over to Jake to do just that. All righty. And our verse this week can be found in Psalms 1, verses 1 through 2, which says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord and is on his... And on his law, he meditates day and night. And to break this down a little bit, I I personally want to focus on this very last portion, um, this, this second part of it, and talking about how the delight of someone who does not walk in the way of the, does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the way of sinners, but this person's delight um, is in the law of the Lord, right? Meditating on his law, mm. meditating on what God has for us to do in yes. our lives, right? In all areas of life, we should be applying his law and meditating on his law day and night, Yes, right? At all times. And, and this does go back to what we talk about all the time at the end of our show in saying in all that we do do is unto the lord right yep. we sh in meditating on his law day and night meditating on his law can be done through doing work as heartily as unto the lord mm. right yeah. we are meditating on his law doing applying his law to all that we do 
mm. right? And not and not only that, but also researching his law to find out if we're doing all that we can do to God and making sure that we are following all of his laws. Yes. Because there's a lot. There is a lot of case law in the Older Testament, <laughs> which I wish was all broken down into a simplified manner, but we do, it needs to be meditated and researched a lot. Yeah, so, and especially in our day and age, sorry, just to tack on yeah. to that a little bit. I mean, no, yeah. especially in our day and age when the church is not doing that, when the church is mm -hmm. not presenting mm -hmm. us with those things, when we now have to go elsewhere to find the meat of the word. Our churches have right. been so watered down and the people, The people who do this for a living are yes. not are oh my goodness. having less research time yep. than the regular people oh. who work a yeah. regular yeah. eight-hour job. It is a sorry and, and a very sad state of affairs, and it is exactly one of the big reasons why our nation is under judgment today, because of what our churches, yeah. the sorry state of our churches today. Just heaps yeah. of, of people who keep telling you, you were born, you're a new creature in Christ, you are a newborn, and they don't tell you how to mature. They don't tell you how to grow up. They don't teach you how mm. to become a adult. They yeah. keep giving you milk. So, all right. Well, Jake, thanks for that breakdown. That was that was really good. Um, mm -hmm. And we also talked about that on our Monday episode. So if you missed that, go back and check it out. We were talking about current events and so many things have happened since last week. So definitely go back to our Monday episode and check that out if you haven't already. All right. We're going to move on to the doctrine of the lesser magistrates. And I'm going to pass it on over to Jake in just a second here to talk and actually kick things off at, um, with this discussion. But this week, you know, we read chapters seven, eight, and nine. And as a brief overview of those chapters, I just want to say that chapter seven, Matthew Chuella focused on the historical significance of Martin Luther as that relates to the doctrine of the lesser magistrates. Chapter 8, he focused a lot on John Knox, um, and so that the great reformer John Knox, so much was there, and we're going to talk about a lot of that as well. And then also in chapter 9, he talks about um, large sections of the book of Jeremiah and how Jeremiah was imprisoned by lesser magistrates and then also freed by lesser magistrates, so discussing all of that as well. So to kick things off, I'm actually going to pass it over to Jake to talk about the uh, chapter 7 and Martin Luther and his journey and how that relates to the doctrine of the lesser magistrates. So go ahead, Jake, take it away. Yeah, and I have one uh, <clears throat> phrase to kind of simplify all of chapter seven. Wow. One phrase and to rule them all. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and it's basically we're we're talking about interposition in the early years, nice. right? And and this starts with Martin Luther. Mm. And I want to quote a quote. Ooh quote a quote <laughs> from page 31 which says Martin Luther was rescued from death by the interposition of a lesser magistrate who defied the order of his superior Prince Frederick the Wise was the elector of Saxony and as such he was a lesser magistrate his superior Emperor Charles V was order or had ordered Luther to defend himself against the charge of heresy in Worms, Germany, in the spring of 1521. Luther therefore attended what became known as the Diet of the Worms. When Luther failed to announce his beliefs and submit to Roman Catholic rule, Emperor Charles V ordered Luther's apprehension 
and commanded that the reformer be brought before his court for punishment as a notorious. notorious heretic. Such language was tantamount to a death sentence. Though directly under Charles' authority, Prince Frederick did not arrest Luther and turn, and turn him over to Charles as ordered. Instead, he feigned Luther's abduction in order to hide and protect him. He used his lesser authority to countermand Emperor Charles's unjust order and defend Luther, who resided in his jurisdiction. And again, that can be found on page 31, and that's a bunch of quotes strewn together to give a basic overview of what this chapter is about. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to go over another specific <clears throat> quote found on page 31, um, which says, From the time Martin Luther pounded his 95 theses to the church door of Wittenberg in 1517, there were religious and political forces that opposed what he stood for and wanted him dead. Right? And this is, this is all talking about the doctrine of the lesser magistrate, or more, even more simply put into um, one word, interposition. Mm, right? Yep. Yep. The, the biblical account for bi interposition is numerous, right? There's a <laughs> lot of biblical passages which call for us to have, to talk about, sorry, to interpose yes. for other believers. Oh, yeah. Right? Lots of examples. And this is a prime example of how this worked. And I did want to go over a couple more quotes, but I think what spurred after what happened to Luther is even more important. Um, you know what? Actually, I think, I think I'm going to go directly there and then hand it off to Bruce after this. Cool. But... Um, this is a quote from page 33, but more specifically, it was from, uh, it was from the confession, right? Not, not the confession. It was the Mageberg confession. Hmm. Um, from the uh, multiple passage, uh, pastors from Mageberg. Am I saying yeah, that right? Yeah, I think it's right. Okay. I'll take it. <laughs> um, created this Mageberg confession. Right, and in it they have this this quote, and I do want to break it down because it seems a little bit odd in the beginning, but I wanted to explain it a little bit. Um, but again, this can be unfound on page thirty-three. Is we would have desired even now to hide this true opinion, as it had always been hidden hitherto, had we not been defeated by the present injustice and tyranny of certain men and deemed that the preservation of the gospel and the true church ought to be put before such dangers from these ignorant men. And Matthew Chuella goes into talking about what they're talking about here is the doctrine of the lesser magistrate or interposition. Wow. Right? We would have, and I'm again, I'm quoting the quote directly again, um, we would have desired even now to hide this true opinion. Right? They wouldn't have wanted to come to this point where they needed to talk about this, where they needed to say, hey, this is a biblical um, principle of interposition, right? This is, this is biblical, right? They didn't want to come to that because they want, 
they want it to be written on our hearts, that we automatically understand it, right? Uh, basically, that uh, talking about if you were talking about faith in Christ, we have salvation through faith. Well, the majority, if not all people, understand that. Mm. That's basic, yeah. right? Yeah. We have salvation because of faith. Multiple scripture verses uh, reference that. And we, we basically understand that from the beginning. And I think that in Matthew Trella says that that's what they're trying to convey here. They wish this would have stayed hidden, that it would have stayed to the point of we just all understood it. But now they have to bring it out from hiding and they have to show it to everybody because they don't understand it anymore. Hmm. So. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, there but is a I, lot there. But just just saying, from what happened to Luther, this brought this to the forefront of what everybody saw during that time, mm. right? So now, through what happened to Luther, he's now speaking up. He's now bringing this up in the, in the Mage Bird Confessions. So, wow. I wow. find that very, very fascinating. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, well, and, you know, it's it's... Um, I don't know, comforting, but also sad to hear that these sorts of back and forth discussions in the church have been around for so long, um, mm -hmm. that we still misinterpret what the Bible says about civil government and our relationship to it. Right. Yeah. And what Romans 13 actually refers to and all of that, it was there during Luther's day. And I think to a lesser extent, it's it's here in our day i mean obviously from our worldview we do see things getting better largely but still a lot of these same debates heresy a previous pastor of mine actually a previous church i went to would always say heresy never dies like mm. a heresy it's that just is repackaged yeah it's just repackaged there's just a new version of it but yeah. it's the same old heresy right yeah so yeah a heresy that says, do whatever civil government tells you. Romans 13 is saying, hey, do whatever they tell you, regardless of whatever. Um, that's insane, <laughs> quite honestly, looking at the rest of scripture. and uh, But that heresy is still around today and clearly something that Luther was still fighting against. So, yeah. Well, thanks, Jake, for bringing that up and kind of mm -hmm. summing up chapter seven there with that whole statement. Um so, I want to talk a little bit about John Knox's position on the doctrine of the lesser magistrates. And page 39, Matthew Truella said, John Knox, the champion of the Reformation in Scotland, who was known to fear no man and who hazarded his life declaring the truth of God's word, demonstrated in his appellation, that's what he called his document, that the, doc, uh, the doctrine of the lesser magistrates is thoroughly biblical. He built upon what the Mageburg pastors had produced in their confessions, end quote. So I thought that was really interesting. Um, page 39, a little further down on the page, Matthew Truella went on to say that Knox wrote his appellation or appeal because the Roman Catholic Church had condemned him and burned him in effigy. He wrote to declare to the nobles as lesser magistrates their responsibility to protect the innocent and oppose those who made unjust decrees. So John Knox very learned man, part of the Reformation was also, same as Luther, promoting this um, during his day, during his era. So I thought that was uh, fascinating. And he didn't just come up with the idea. He didn't just, um, you know, uh, postulate his own opinion 
if you will. He he based it on scripture. So uh, there are quite a few biblical examples that Knox actually quoted from scripture. So on, on page 40, Matthew Chuella says, the first text of scripture that Ma- that Knox cites is Jeremiah chapter 26, verses 10 through 13. 10 through 16. In this passage, the false priests and prophets have condemned Jeremiah to death. The princes of Judah, the lesser magistrates, hear of this and come to the house of the Lord so they can hear what the priests and prophets have to say. Jeremiah is then allowed to speak in his defense, wherein he tells the lesser magistrates the same things for which the false priests and prophets had condemned him to death. The lesser magistrates then interpose on behalf of Jeremiah by adjudicating that this man does not deserve to die, end quote. And so that's actually something that we're going to reference a little bit later at the end of this episode, um, how God looked on the lesser magistrates that interposed on his behalf and how God looked on the ones that didn't, uh, whether they were just neutral or were actively against Jeremiah. Um Another quote from Matthew Chuella on page 40, he said, Knox appeals to Daniel chapter 3. King Nebuchadnezzar made an unjust law commanding all people to worship an image he had built. Three of Daniel's friends, men who feared God, refused to worship the idol as punishment. They were then thrown into a flaming furnace to be burned alive, but God delivered them. So, uh, end quote. So, this is showing, I mean, Daniel 3 is a great example of this. They, they stood up. They said no we're not doing this, even though the king commanded it. We're not going to abide by these things. Um, page 41, Matthew Chuella said, what made them, Daniel's friends, understand that this was an unjust law was that it stood in opposition to God's law. And as followers of the Lord and as lesser magistrates, they had a duty to disregard it and stand in defiance of it, end quote. So, that, go ahead, Jake. That was like Blackstone's quote, um... A couple episodes back, mm. um, where it was saying that how you know what an unjust law is is yes. because it goes against God's law. Yep, yep, yep. And, and he listed out all so, the different names. You know, as it pertains to yeah. this, it's called natural. As it pertains to this, it's called. Or yeah. that was a justice. My bad. That was a Supreme Court justice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But <laughs> so um, many good people yeah. at the founding of America. Oh my goodness, good solid Christian people who knew this because their churches were preaching it. All right. Anyways. And then we fell away. Yeah, and then our churches gave up on the word of God. Yeah. All right. Yeah, good point, Jake. Thanks for bringing that up. Um, so, let's see. Uh, page 41, Matthew Chuella said, uh, in another case, Knox cites 2 Kings chapter 11 and points out that, uh, <laughs> this is going to be interesting name, uh, Jehoiada, let's just go with that, Jehoiada, I don't know, uh, the churchman of the time calls upon and acts in conjunction with the captains of the guard who are lesser magistrates to restore order in the kingdom and depose the wicked tyrant queen oh goodness here we go uh athaliah well athaliah that works end quote i I think that'll that'll do it's better than the first one (laughs) so second kings chapter 11 great example of this um also page 42 matthew chuella says knox points out to the nobles of scotland the results namely increased judgment not only upon the king's family but upon the whole nation so he's talking about this is what will happen if you do not follow the doctrine of the lesser magistrate if you do not interpose on behalf of the people that you are supposed to be interposing on behalf of you have a duty if you are a magistrate if you are in a position of civil governmental authority you have a duty to oppose wrong and evil laws 
But here's what will happen if you don't. Uh, and then he quotes, uh, let's see, Jeremiah 36, 31. I will punish him, his family, and his servants for their iniquity. And, it will bring, and I will bring on them, this is God, I will bring on them, on the inhabitants of Jerusalem and on the men of Judah, all the doom that I have pronounced against them. But they did not heed. Knox not only wanted the nobles, the lesser magistrates of Scotland, to see that they had a duty before God to act against unjust laws or edicts in their nation, but that their failure to act would affect the whole nation, end quote. So I found that quite interesting, and it sheds some light on uh, our current debacle and predicament in America today, when lesser magistrates don't stand against tyranny and against unjust laws. Um, judgment, not just on them, judgment comes to the entire nation along mm. with them. So I thought that was interesting. Before I go on, we have about uh, nine minutes left. Before I go on to the Romans 13 debacle, Jake, is there anything that you would like to add? Well, I mean, it's it's kind of... It kind of seems a little bit, at first, a little bit unfair that if, if, the, if the people, if the nobles are making... If they're the ones who are the problems... Why is God judging the entire nation, right? Mm. But, I mean, you, you, you think about this. Well, the, the nation is not saying, hey, nobles, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, they're yeah, not, they're not calling them it. back to a biblical standard. Right. At least the churches aren't. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like in and the book so, of Acts where we see the churches going in front of the Roman authorities or the, 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 the town or city authorities mm -hmm. and calling them on their sin and calling them to repentance. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We need that same kind of action. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And adding to that, especially as uh, applying it to our, uh, 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 constitutional representative government today <laughs> for as little long as we have it, um, while we still have it, um, the people that are in civil government are us. They are put there by us. They are should be from us, right? They're yeah. our people that live a few doors down from us is, is the people that should be elected, right? When you uh, go to elect, for instance, uh, someone who is in your district, you have, right, we have districts in our states, you're electing someone who lives within your district, who lives close to you. That's who you are putting mm -hmm. there. So... It's the people that live close to you. It's it's you, right? You should run against yeah. them. You should run for office, right? If you're not standing up in multiple, there's multiple different ways that you can fix this, either when you're in there, when you're not in there. The Founding Fathers gave us so many ways to stop this. And if more people aren't stepping up to do it, then that's on us. And we deserve the judgment yeah. that's coming. Yeah. Great point, Jake. Yeah. Thanks for bringing that up. This um, is going to be really interesting. The Romans thirteen. Yeah, this is this is quite the debacle. And um, we've we've gone over that talking about what Romans thirteen means a couple times. Yeah. <laughs> it is one of those things that just but, needs to be restated over and over and certainly. over and over again certainly. because so many people think they can create a wacko doctrine based solely on one passage of scripture taken completely out of context, right? <laughs> I think it's the mm -hmm. uh, Reformed, uh, what is it, Reformed Sage. Uh, they have like a sticker that says, I can do all things through a verse taken out of context, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. This is exactly what this is. Um, yeah, so, you know, page 43, Matthew Chuella says, Finally, Knox states disdainfully, 
For now, the common song of all men is, We must obey our kings, be they good or be they bad, for God has so commanded. And that was Knox's quote. Um, Matthew Truella goes on to say, And so it is no different in our day. Lesser magistrates have little to no appreciation for their own authority as magistrates, nor do they understand their grave duty in the sight of God to interpose against bad law made by higher magistrates. They often hide behind the excuse, It's the law of the land. And that's from page 43. Uh, Page 44. He goes in a little more in-depth here in uh, uh, Book of Jeremiah. And uh, Matthew Truella says, Scripture illustrates repeatedly that God is pleased with the lesser magistrate who acts against unjust or immoral law, who refuses to sing the common song. As an example of this, Knox cites the account of uh, Ebed... Uh, Melech, I'm going to go with that. Ebed Melech, that works. In Jeremiah 38, verses 7 through 13, Jeremiah was in the dungeon being held prisoner on a false charge of treason. Uh, Ebed Melech was a lesser magistrate in King Zedekiah's house. He informs the king of Jeremiah's mistreatment and interposes on Jeremiah's behalf by saying, My lord the king, these men who put Jeremiah in the dungeon have done evil in all they've done to Jeremiah the prophet, whom they have cast into the dungeon, and he is likely to die of hunger in the place where he is for there is no more bread in the city and again that's jeremiah 38 verse 9 end quote so he's interposing on behalf now that's someone who's in jail right that's someone who has been acted on by the civil government imagine that uh, it's someone today who received a fine it is right for civil government and people to say No. What Romans 13 is talking about, when it talks about civil government and how we should respect them and obey them, it is also giving a description of civil government and the type of civil government we should be obeying and respecting. It is a description of civil government, and it actually falls directly in line with the rest of Scripture. How about that? Scripture is actually consistent with itself. Who would have thought, right? Um, So it's a little bit weird if... You suddenly find a passage and the way you interpret it seems to not coincide at all with the rest of scripture. You're probably wrong. (laughs) Um, That's a good rule of thumb right there. Uh, Where else in scripture does God give you unconditional, a command that says unconditionally, no matter what they do, obey civil government. In Romans 13, he is saying, obey and respect a civil government that is doing what? Is it is called to do that is a biblical civil government that bears the sword that is the justice division of society that is the civil government you obey and respect the founding fathers had this perspective as well this is not new this has been around for for centuries but our modern day church preaches the opposite um we got about three minutes left so, we could talk a little bit about when lesser magistrates go rogue, but before we do, Jake, anything you'd like to add to the conversation? Just so I can uh, no. the mic. Go ahead and talk about, talk about when lesser magistrates go rogue. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. this yeah. is um, an example of what happens when a lesser magistrate is like, oh, great, they're standing on behalf of the people except they're not. They are standing up, but in the wrong way. On page 47, Matthew Truella says, in February of 2004, this is why we had this, uh, I had this in my mind on Monday, 2004, America America heard tell of a bold lesser magistrate who was willing to oppose the higher magistrate. 
The only problem was he was wicked. Gavin Newsom, the mayor of San Francisco, that's just a weird idea to me that he was mayor of San Francisco. (laughs) I've only ever known him as governor, so that's kind of weird. Gavin Newsom, the mayor of San Francisco, decided to defy state law and issue state marriage licenses to homosexuals, uh, end quote. So he's going to continue down this train of thought. But that that right there is the first act of interposition, if you will, of a lesser magistrate interposing on behalf of wicked the wicked people not the righteous not god's law not morality but wickedness and actually defending homosexual marriage uh let's see on page 47 matthew chuella says gavin newsom is the quintessential example of a lesser magistrate gone rogue for an entire week state and federal officials stood by and did nothing nor was there any opposition on the part of christians out in the streets while newsom and city officials continued to spit on the law of god finally a group of 14 young Christian men and women stepped forward on February 19th, 2004, one week into the immoral and unlawful marriages, uh, end quote. So he goes on to explain that they stood in the doorway of the uh, courthouse and prevented people from going in to get uh, marriage licenses, and there was ensuing violence with the police where, not on the part of the uh, the Christian uh, men and women, but on behalf of the police, grabbing those people, throwing them out the doors, it got kind of nasty. Um But this is actually, this next part is very interesting. These people acted as a lesser magistrate in their own right, if you will. Mm. And this was fascinating. Page 48. A godly standard had been raised in San Francisco around which men could rally. The very next day, California Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. It's just weird to me. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Okay. I'll be back was mayor. Okay. Uh, Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger, the higher magistrate who had been silent about these marriages in quotes. They're not really marriages. They can pretend to be marriages. It's not okay, but that's what they're doing. The entire first week he was silent, but he broke his silence a day after these people stood up and wouldn't take it anymore, broke his silence and declared that these marriages must stop. He pointed to the actions of the young Christians the day before as his motivating reason for finally speaking out. Yes, lesser magistrates like superior magistrates can act unjustly. They are humans, after all. When they do, it is the duty of the higher magistrate, equal fellow magistrates, or even a subordinate to the unjust magistrate, to interpose and rein in that lesser magistrate. End quote. Mm. So we're at time, but um, I thought that that was really fascinating. Jake, any final thoughts that you want to add before we wrap up? That's just crazy. Arnold Schwarzenegger and then uh, <laughs> Gavin Newsom. As mayor. But, yeah. That's, yeah. This is weird. <laughs> totally true that when Christians stand up, people start realizing. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. People that they, they can then rally around. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Truly showing that. Um, the gates of hell will not prevail. Mm. Oh, yeah. Great. Great time to bring that up. Absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you all so, so much for listening to us today. Don't forget, go to trdshow.net. That's our show website. You can do all sorts of fun stuff there. Sign up for an account. It uh, lets us know that you're interested in the show. Sign up for our newsletter. We haven't pushed the newsletter in a while, but um, if we get more people sign up for it, we got a few, but not many. So we kind of haven't pushed out a newsletter in a while. But if you're interested in uh, getting, you know, the newsletter, then go to trdshow.net. Scroll down a little bit. We've got a sign up form for you. So 
sign up for our newsletter. Follow us on Gab, gab.com slash TRD show. And uh, we've got all sorts of cool posts on there. Also, Getter, um, G-E-T-T-R. We're on that platform as well. And uh, send us an email at TRD show at protonmail.com. And uh, we will see you on Friday. And remember, everyone, in all that you do, do it unto the Lord.